0: Day 117 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with uh, David Keith and Matthew Kresge. And uh, we are continuing working our way through the book of 1 Corinthians. Uh, 1 Corinthians is dealing with a lot of problems that have come into the church. And of course, Paul is giving us one side of the conversation. They have written a letter to him. And of course, he's written another letter to them that we know nothing about uh, as well. And uh, he's answering these problems, you know, one by one. And so, first he answers the problem of divisions, and then he's uh, talked about the problem of how we honor God in, in our sexuality, which was a big issue for their day, a big issue for our day as well. You know what it means, uh, you know, to uh, relate to each other in a pure way and to hold ourselves purely before the Lord. Uh, in, our, in our marriages and in our relationships, you know, with one another. And so we move kind of into the third panel of issues. And this one is more common in the churches that Paul, you know, deals with. You're going to see this creeping up a little bit in Romans, you know, as well. You know, what about, the, you know, food served to idols? These are foods that are strictly prohibited for those who have a Jewish foundation to their faith, and, and so many of them are having a hard time experiencing freedom in this. And of course, they're so commonplace to those that are coming out of paganism. And so Paul is talking about how do we bring these, you know how do we bring these two people together in table fellowship, which is a big symbol of the unity that we have in Christ. And, and so there are a lot of things about the immorality that are, you know that, that we can talk about in the sense of the law, but this one is very important. You know that we're able to come to the same table and be a family in Christ Jesus. So we come to First Corinthians chapter eight and food sacrificed to idols, and uh, it's almost lunchtime as we record. So, <laughs> um, Matt, you look really hungry. So why don't you why don't you lead us in prayer <laughs> and right, prepare us pray. for this moment?
1: Yeah, I have food that you don't know of. <laughs> let's pray. Father, we thank you um, that your word is um, is beautiful is convicting is comforting is encouraging um and so father as we open it up together would you um glorify yourself through it use it father to um to bring us into deeper fellowship with you we thank you that every time we read your word we're not just reading it for information but to be um, transformed by you and to be brought into a a deeper fellowship with you and and so we pray for that Um, father thank you for time with these guys thank you for um the means of a podcast to be able to read this in community as as your body. Um, would you encourage us through it? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: First Corinthians chapter eight, beginning in verse one. And uh, now about food sacrificed to idols. We know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge pops up while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to know, but whoever loves God is known by God. So then about eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. But not everyone possesses this knowledge. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat sacrificial food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to a God. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. But food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For someone with a weak conscience uh, sees you with all your knowledge eating in an idol's temple, won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I'll never eat meat again so that I'll not cause them to fall. Am I not free? Am I not apostle? Uh, have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are not you the result of my work in the Lord? Even though I may not be apostle to others, surely I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. This is my defense to those who sit in judgment on me. Don't we have the right to food and drink? Don't we have the right to take a believing life along with us as do the other apostles and the Lord's brother in Cephas? Or is it only I and Barnabas who lack the right to not work for a living? Who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat its grape? Who tends a flock and does not drink the milk? Do I say this merely on human authority? Doesn't the law say the same thing? For it is written in the law of Moses, Do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain. Is it about oxen that God is concerned? Surely he says this for us, doesn't he? Yes, this was what was written for us, because whoever plows and threshes should also be able to do so in the hope of sharing in the harvest. If we've sown spiritual seed among you, is it too much if we reap a material harvest from you? If others have this right of support from you, shouldn't we have it all the more? But we did not use this right. On the contrary, we put up with anything rather than hindering the gospel of God. Don't you know that those who serve in the temple get their fruit from the temple, and that those who serve at the altar share in what is offered on the altar? In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. But I have not used any of these rites, and I am not writing this in the hope that you will do such things for me, for I'd rather die than allow anyone to deprive me of this boast. For when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, since I'm compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel." I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. If not voluntarily, I'm simply discharging the trust committed to me. What then is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel, I may offer it free of charge and so not make full use of my rights as a preacher of the gospel. Though I'm free and belong to no one, I've made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I become like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I become like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I become like one not having the law, although I'm not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. "'To the weak I become weak to win the weak. "'I have become all things to all people "'so that by all possible means I might save some. "'I do all this for the sake of the gospel "'that I may share in its blessing. "'Do you not know in a race that all the runners run, "'but only one gets the prize? "'Run in such a way as to get the prize. "'Everyone who competes in the game "'goes into strict training. "'They do it to get a crown that will not last, "'but we do it to get a crown that will last forever.' Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And, of course, what a wonderful calling to end on for us that in all of our preaching, that we take great care in our life so that we ourselves are not disqualified for the prize. And, of course, mm. Paul you know, later write to Timothy, what's your life and your doctrine closely if you do you'll save both yourself and your hearers mm-hmm. wonderful passionate in the defense of uh, paul's ministry and of course a wonderful passionate you know, defense of giving preference to others for their sake so that they might you know be built up in christ mm-hmm. so in chapter eight mm-hmm. um, nice groundbreaking principles on, on on both sides of that so what are some of the things that stand out as you guys read this passage
2: i mean just at the end of even chapter eight, you know, as Paul is giving preference to these other believers and he, he would call them weak and he would say he has all this freedom, but he goes, look, concerning like the food, I won't even eat meat ever again if I don't have to, um, which that's tough <clears throat> so to This hear. is,
0: this is where Paul, <laughs> Paul is at least one step more committed I know. than I am, But you know, to the sake of, of the gospel. Like,
2: and then you see all he's doing, he, he's doing all this for the sake of the gospel, right? Like, as I was reading this earlier, it's almost as if like Paul really believes the gospel is true. And he really wants people no. to come to faith, and, and he's, he's going to do anything for it,
0: and, and that's have, amazing. You have people in the church who have strong feelings on both sides. Yeah. You know, we have the freedom, you know, to eat meat, and how dare people, to, you know, spy out our freedom, and others, you know, know this has been dedicated, you know, to another God, and we won't do anything, mm-hmm. you know, that's uh, been dedicated to another God. So you have strong passions on both on both sides, and Paul gives the responsibility to which group. Those experiencing yeah, yeah. the most freedom. Those who have the most freedom in Christ are the ones who need to watch their freedom for the sake of yeah. others.
1: Well, and, and Paul, I mean, he's, he's so careful. In verse 9, he says, be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block. You know, that he doesn't just go after him and say, how dare you? You have the rights. You know, he goes after the exercising of those rights. And even, I mean, it comes out of that those first two verses, he starts, you know, we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to know, but whoever loves God is known by God, you know, and uh, we can ground ourselves so much in, well, I have the yeah. right to do, it. I have the knowledge, you know, and the right to, and he says, but consider consider the, your love. Consider the exercising of those rights as a love, not just of neighbor, but, you know, of, of loving God.
0: And that's, a you know, a nice, you know, balance. Uh, we we can tell that we're a little bit too on the knowledge side if we get puffed up, Mm -hmm. but we can tell that we're working operating on the love side of our our desire and the result of our life and our passion is to see others built up in in
2: Christ. And don't we not want verse 11 to happen so that this weak brother or sister, for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. And you can even sin against them in, in that act. And I don't know if we always think about it going to that much of an extent. But uh, I love how, again, he, as he's been doing, he's talking about the unity within the church, right? And whether we think we're strong and have the knowledge or we think they're weak and, and don't possess the knowledge we have, we're, we're to love them and to be recognize that they are a brother and sister for whom Christ died, which should change our approach to them.
0: Uh, yep, every human we lock eyes as, one, you know, ever lock eyes with and you know, is created in the image of God they have a redeeming God whose uh, cross is sufficient for all people the call of the gospel and of course those who are brothers and sisters are those that we know and you know, have had the effect of the gospel and the redemption of the gospel applied to their lives you know, and what a, what a deep passion shouldn't we deeply respect someone for who Christ respected enough to yeah. lay down his life mm-hmm. Wow
1: Yeah, I love what says to even talking about you know his rights as an apostle, and so here Paul goes. It's not just for them, you know, and you know, should you use your rights to eat food sacrifice, idols mm-hmm. or not? I mean, he comes down to here's my very rights as an apostle, and here's mm-hmm. the ways that I've foregone foregone my rights. And he says in um, was it verse twelve, very end of verse twelve. But we did not use this right. On the contrary, we put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. Uh-huh. Yeah, and literally, I mean, you read we, read, we just, we've spent time reading the Book of Acts, and we saw Paul. Up with anything. I mean, you know, left for dead outside the city over and over again, shipwrecked all the time. You know, we made the joke that we're not getting on the boat with Paul. You know, but he he puts up with anything for the sake of the gospel. Yes, yeah.
0: and of course, it statement in verse you know nineteen. You know, this is you know he's moving below. You know, he um, he's not just simply saying, "Okay, I'm I'm willing to forego my rights." He goes even deeper there, he says, "Though I'm free and I belong to no one, I've made myself a slave, yeah. you know, to everyone." Yeah. In, in other words, I've put myself under obligation. And uh, it's kind of a long sentence but you, you capture a lot of theology here. To the Jews I become like yeah. a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law I become like one under the law though I myself am not under the law so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law I become like one not having the law though I am not free from God's law but I'm under Christ's law uh, so as to win those you know not having the law. To the weak I have become weak. To win the weak I become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some I do this for all, for the sake of the gospel. And here's here's one little selfish part of it that I'm not sure it's blessing. <laughs> yeah. Whenever we Why live not? for others, yeah. there's a deep blessing that comes through the gospel that is more rich than anything that we have in living, you know, living for ourselves. But you have to like you know Paul's position on the law. I'm I'm not under the law, but but I am obligated to God's law and to Christ's law. It doesn't make me a lawless person. Uh, and all of it. And so you have the wonderful balance of the gospel and the law, that we're informed by the law, we're instructed by the law, we're not under the law for our salvation or our sanctification, but it doesn't mean that we don't embrace, mm-hmm. you know, the heart of what the law calls us to and honoring God with our bodies and with our lives and how we respond to each other.
2: And it's even in, 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 in that and in kind of the closing of, of chapter 9 that we do see this, this intention of, of Paul, that he's He's running this race, and he's not just running it aimlessly. Um, he's not just like a, a, a boxer beating the air, but but he is very intentionally um, doing all this for the sake of the gospel, so that as he's preaching to others, um, he might not disqualify himself in pursuit of the prize. Yeah,
0: I strike my body a blow. That's a we've moved a little bit, you know, beyond self-discipline you know, yeah. here in, in that sense, and uh, and we've we've. Uh, you know, this is far from who we are. You know that uh, we, you know, we really think about running hard. You know, mostly we work in the Christian life in a, in a manner of when it's convenient, however it's convenient, and in small doses. Uh, you know, and that, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. And Paul said it: it's a big race, and I've mm-hmm. set aside everything else in, in order to compete according to the rules and to do it in a way that pleases God so that I may ultimately have the prize of his good pleasure as I mm-hmm. stand before him in mm-hmm. his presence.
1: And, and we kind of move past it. I mean, but this is why Paul does this in verse 6 of chapter 8, um, or even verse 5. He says, For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, he says, yet for us, and this is why Paul yeah. is so passionate about what he's passionate about, he says, but for us there is one God the Father from whom all things came and for whom we live, and there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. Yeah.
0: No doubt. And through whom we live. Uh, The only life that we have is the life we've received from him, and of course, you know, he just told us, you know, a couple of chapters early, why do you, you know, uh, what do you have that you did not receive, Mm -hmm. and if you did not receive it, why are you boasting? Yeah. All of these are good gifts from God, his common grace gifts, but far above that the extraordinary grace that we have of having life in the lord jesus christ it's been a fun week in uh, the city of corinth Uh, david why don't you close this out
2: yeah let's pray and father we do thank you so much for all the good gifts you have given us Um, we thank you for the freedom we have in christ jesus Um, and we do thank you for the call of the gospel on our lives to not just Use our freedoms to to serve ourselves, um, but to use them um, to serve one another, uh, our city, and this world. And so may we who have been freed through the cross of Jesus Christ may we be found faithful as those who are running in such a way as to get the prize. And may we not be running aimlessly as believers, but may we um, be running in such a way that as we preach to others, we will not be disqualified. Ourselves, And we know that this is not a task task that we can do in and of ourselves. And so, Father, we we desperately need you. We need your spirit with us as we run this race. And we pray this all in your great and your wonderful name.
0: Amen. Amen. We've given you a psalm to read on Saturday and a psalm to read on Sunday to prepare your heart for worship. And whether you worship with us at Christ Church or somewhere else, we do encourage you to gather with God's people and worship Him.